welcome to the Harmony Perspective, where we talk about real churches with real pastors facing real issues. Hey folks, we want to welcome you today to the Harmony Perspective. I'm joined by Pastor Patrick and Pastor TJ as normal, and we're recording this episode right after Valentine's Day. So I got to ask the question, guys, what did you cook your bride for Valentine's? Did you cook a big meal for her? Tell me about it. <laughs> I tried to cook, but it turned into a horrible fiasco. Uh, cooked two different types of chicken, two different types of ways, and messed up both of them. Nice. Um, so we ended up at Ruby Tuesdays. Okay. So bad chicken, two ways, translated into eating out. Pretty much. All right. How about you, Patrick? Well, Hello Fresh has me feeling like I am chef numero uno. And so uh, I made Gouda burgers uh, for Valentine's. All right, I have to ask, were they, they Gouda? Very Gouda, very Gouda. Uh, my kids did not like them, of course, but Amy Amy enjoyed it, so it was it was good. That's, That's the one cool. that matters, right? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> That's pretty cool. We did, did not anyway. cook anything at home. We actually ate out and got some wings for Valentine's Day, which was pretty nice. But one of the things I love even more than eating out and even cooking at home, it's actually trying to cook something that you grew. So any gardeners in the house? Nope. Again, I tried that. Failed. <laughs> so we are, uh, my wife and I, we are not farmers. We would like to say we own a small farm um, that we have aspirations that we're going to grow something. Um, so when we think about growth, um, that's one of our core values here at Harmony and it ties in well to what we're talking about today, which is church planting. Um, so, Patrick, what in the world is church planting? Church planting in the simplest form there, the simplest definition would be just helping form a church body, a local congregation where there is not one currently. Okay. So in pockets of lostness, putting the seed of the gospel in there and watching it grow. Awesome. Awesome. So today, guys, we're talking about the need for church planting. So this may be a totally new topic uh, to you. So I just ask you, will you lean in and listen in um, to what we're going to discuss today? So today we're talking about church planting. So Patrick, why don't you start us out with this idea of missional church planting? Well, we have to ask why. Why are we here? And I think when we look at church planning, when we look at the life of the church in general, everything a church does should begin and end with a misio day or mission of God. This theological foundation of church life is built on the truth that we have a missional God. And we see that in the sending or missional nature of the Trinity. In John 20, 21, we see the Father sent the Son to us. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so... I am sending you. Then in John 14, 15, and 16, we see that the Father and Son send the Holy Spirit. It says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Which is also reiterated in John 16, 7, where Jesus says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For I do not. if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. We see this missional aspect passed on to the believers around Jesus, the disciples in Matthew 28, 19, which says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And we come to this reality 
God is missional. The story of the Bible is the story of his mission to reconcile a broken and sinful creation to himself through sending his son Jesus into the world to die for our sins and then sending the spirit to those that have been saved to empower them to carry on this mission. And we should want to follow his lead. And this mission for the local church is not a program or a committee, but the very purpose for which God created the church. Being missional is not something we do. It's supposed to be who we are. South African missiologist David Bott said it this way, it is the misio day which constitutes the church. The local congregation is not the point of God's mission, but one of the God's tools for accomplishing his mission. And we miss that so often. You know what I mean? Does that seem like the main thing behind most of the churches that you know? Yeah, the sad part is, you know, churches do a lot of things, right? But do we actually accomplish the main things that Christ told us to do? You know, think about discipleship. You you highlighted um, the Great Commission in that, you know, go and make disciples. We do a lot of stuff as we do a lot of stuff as churches, but do we really do what Christ told us to do? I think if you look at the current climate of Christianity, Many have forsaken the mission of God for their own church kingdoms that are more concerned with keeping the world out than going out into the world. Churches spend millions to be more attractive, to make their church look as good as possible, to make people as comfortable as possible when God has commanded us to go. Right. The Apostle Paul spent almost three years in Ephesus, and that was the longest he spent in any one place as he traveled planning churches. He was a nomad on a mission from God. And that's the mindset that we have to have, the attitude that we need to recapture as established churches. We cannot be happy to maintain our churches or to simply grow our churches where they are. We must be passionate about seeing more churches planted where there are pockets of people far from God. We must recognize that our goal is not to get people into our holy buildings, but to get the gospel into them. To plant churches where people far from God live so that they can then hear the gospel, receive it, be saved, and then go and share the gospel themselves so they can then go plant churches in areas where lostness abounds. And I think as we look at this, as we look at the current climate, as we look at the established churches we exist here today, we got to ask ourselves three questions when moving toward planning more churches for the mission of God. The first question is, where is God working in pockets of lostness around you already? If you can't answer that, if we don't know where God is moving in people and communities around us, we got to get out and knock on doors, hang out at local places of interest. And right now during COVID, we're kind of restricted in the ability to hang out, the ability to knock on doors, but we can always go to social media and look at community groups and see what needs people have or how God is moving those people right there online. Being missional means being around the people that need the gospel. The second question we have to ask is what gifts do you or your church have that can be used to work alongside God where he is already working in these communities? Your church might not be at the planning phase, though it should always be pursuing that end, but it may be able to help a local planner financially or prayerfully or by lending a hand physically. Every size church has things that God has gifted them to do well. 
Our job is then to use them to help local planters towards the mission of God. And the third question we have to ask is how can you participate in God's mission now and in the future? Start using your gifts and looking at more and more ways to use those gifts in the mission of God, but always have an eye towards how your church can plant another local body that can accomplish the mission of God where your church currently can't. The vision for church planting should be the very heart cry of every pastor and church leader because it is instrumental to the mission of God. You know, one of the things I think we have to reconcile with the American church is, Patrick, the idea of trying to build my kingdom instead of thy kingdom. You know, you talked about the the cathedrals of churches that we sit in. And uh, oftentimes, you know, the goal, unstated goal of the pastor is to gather as many people inside that building as possible, right? So covid really smash that whole expectation among pastors because the reality is no one could gather, right? So I, I love the fact that it did that. Um, but we have to realize that it's not about what happens within the four walls of the church. It's really what happens outside of the four walls of the church that makes a difference for the kingdom. And, and it's, I think Greer says that it's not about our seating capacity. It's about our sending capacity, right. the right. number of people that we send out on this mission. And that's totally foreign, Um to church leaders, and I'm telling you, we're serving in a church where we have been tilling this ground for several years, and it's still a foreign concept to some who are sitting in the pews every Sunday with us. So right. um, this is not something that we have under control. It's not something that we have mastered, and it's certainly something we want to grow. And, and why? Why do we want to grow in this? Why do we want to plant churches? I think it's because Jesus himself told us um, to make disciples. And one way that we can make disciples is by planting churches, right? So disciple making is connected inherently uh, to the Great Commission. Um, so what did Jesus say? You hit on Matthew twenty twenty one, where Jesus said, I am sending you as I have been sent from the Father, I'm sending you. Um, I love the, the Great Commission where Jesus himself said, hey, all authority is given unto me. Therefore, go and do what? Make disciples of all nations, all people baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all the things I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So what a powerful thought from Jesus himself. You know, he is truly the one who gave us this church planting uh, commission. Um, where, where do we plant churches? So you talked about pockets of lostness. You know, how, how, do, we find, how do we find that in our context? Well, one of the things I'm pretty sure, uh, I think all of us got an email on was in North Carolina, the Baptist Convention sent something out that they just kind of do studies and, and see that. And then they provide a tool to see where pockets of lostness, you know, would be. And that gives you an area that you can kind of start to saturate with the gospel a little bit, send people into. Right. So different tools and different things you can use. But honestly, I think we could just look around and we can see areas of lostness all around us. Yeah. And I think we've got to to really just kind of gear up and go into it. Um, lostness is all around. Sin is all around. The darkness is all around. And if we're to be the light, then we just have to get up and go. That's right. So, well, Acts one eight. So Jesus <clears throat> said, "What you know, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the world." Uh, in Southern slang, that's here, there, and everywhere, right? So that's right. across the street, around the world. 
And the reality is the nations, the world is coming to us. You know, we're living in a melting pot of a society um, sitting outside of a major U.S. metropolitan city. I would venture to say that nearly every nation in the world is represented probably within 50 to 100 miles of, of our church. And if you live near a metropolitan city yourself, it's probably the truth for you as well. Um, so we have to be intentional to follow the mission that Jesus gave us. You know, take the gospel to all people, all places. For sure. And I don't really think there's a bad place to plant a church in our day where so many churches are plateaued or declining. Uh, we know that a church plant reaches more people right? because they, they are about evangelism. They are about reaching out where established churches aren't. Yeah. And so anywhere you have churches that are struggling or dying, there, there needs to be a plant there that begins to reach people that they aren't. Yeah. So baptism rates are higher at, um, new church plants versus established church conversion of, of folks giving their heart and life to Jesus Christ higher at new plants versus established churches. It, it's hard to understand why, other than the fact, like you said, it's just the passion that it takes to plant a church. That passion is shown in that community when people walk out and, and just show the love of Christ. So, I mean, biblically, TJ, I mean, there's countless examples of church planting. So this is not a new concept, although to an established church, maybe it feels like it. Um, the Apostle Paul, I think, was probably the greatest example of, of church planting that we saw in the New Testament. Yeah, and that's that's what I was wanting to talk about today. Um, Paul as the church planter. Um, we were talking about areas of lostness, where to plant, this, that, and the other. But honestly, with it being a missional mindset, you just go. You go and you share the gospel, and you got to be adaptive. That's the first word I want to say about Paul is that he was an adaptive type of guy. Paul was a guy that would adapt to various settings that he was placed in. When we think about Paul and his life, we look at his whole life, we see that he was a Jew of Jews. This man was born a Jew, raised under Jewish leadership, became a Jewish leader himself, and then through the course of his missionary journeys, he became a missionary to the Gentiles. And, and we know that God oftentimes uses like some of the most unthinkable people for certain things. But when I think about Paul, I oftentimes think about, you know, he would he could easily be used by God. He had a lot of wisdom, had a lot of knowledge, uh, had a lot of experience. I mean, he had all the, the you know, the basis, the scripture basis. But it was really kind of unusual that he would use the Jew of Jews for a Gentile missionary. So it's still neat to see how God would use him. But he had to be adaptive in that situation because it was a different type of culture that he was being sent to. It was a different type of people that he was having to talk to and share uh, the good news of Jesus Christ with. So Paul was adaptive, and I think that's something that we have to be as well. Um, when we look at planting churches, we have to look at the people that we're being sent to and the culture that we're going into, and we have to say, there's some things in my life that could hinder you know, conversations, there's barriers and they, they got to get broken down and that will allow, you know, more and more conversations within that community, within that culture. But, um, I mean, he adapts, Paul adapts to these cultures and these communities, but he does that because he has a missional mindset, right? Uh, we got that biblical call to be missionaries and he's got a missional mindset and that's, that was his mindset when it comes to church planning. 
Paul truly reveals the missional aspect of church planning as he visited over 50 cities during the three mission trips and his trip to Rome. Throughout his trips, he would try to contextualize the gospel, not change it, but contextualize it to the culture that he was in. He didn't change the gospel, but he changed how he connected the people to the gospel. I, I love that piece, TJ, because it reminds me of the phrase, you know, the message never changed, but the methods have to change. That's right. So the, the fact is we can't, quote unquote, do church, hate that phrase, but we can't do church the same way as we did 10 years, 20 years, 50 years ago. Right. The method has to change. The message of the gospel is ever unchanging. And I think Paul saw that just so well in how he adapted. And that's what we have to do as we look at, because I mean, it, it where we're sitting at in this rural church, if we were wanting to plant in a city somewhere, uh, it would look a little bit. We couldn't do this same church here at Harmony in the metropolitan area that you were just talking about, right? Like we couldn't do the same as that church. It probably wouldn't work out as well. Um, some things just have to change. And, and you have to know where your weaknesses are. So you got to right. be self-aware enough to say, I may not be the one to plant here but you can certainly support the planning of somebody there. That's right. Uh, because we cannot, as Paul was and tried to be all things to all people, we can only be who we are and who God has made us to be. That's right. And if we look at uh, the biblical example of, you know, Paul trying to contextualize the gospel to certain people, we can see that in Acts 17 where he's at, he's in Athens um, on Mars Hill, right? So he actually gets there and he is walking through the city and he's looking around and looking at people. He's observing the statues, even the one that says to the unknown God. And he's starting to take in certain things. He's taking in things like, hey, these are spiritual people. Like that, that barrier is taken down. There's a spiritual essence among these people. Right. They're open to spiritual things. They believe that there's a God or gods and they just don't have it quite figured out yet. So he takes all these things in and he uses it to his advantage. And he doesn't talk like he's talking to other Pharisees or the other apostles. Yet he talks to them on, on a base of what they know. There are spiritual things, but this is what you're missing out on. It's about Jesus Christ. And this is how redemption happens. And, and so he moves through this and it's really cool how he contextualizes it. We see that it's a biblical method, um, but he uses that basis to really reach those people. And by doing this, he just doesn't do that in Athens, but everywhere he goes, you can kind of see him kind of adapting that message, adapting how he's talking. And by doing that, he's able to reach into people's lives with his message a little bit deeper because it's a little bit more personal to them. And that really plants that gospel within them. I think it's important to look at the fact that, that Paul was just a dude, as good as he was, right? That he had all this training. He was the, the Pharisee of the Pharisees, and he, he knew the Bible well. The Spirit of God is what enlightened him in how to speak to the Greeks and how to speak to the Romans. He had to depend on the Spirit of God for, right. the, what, for the discernment needed in order to contextualize this. That's where I think people get it wrong, where we try to do it in our own power. We just say, hey, I'm going to go in here and plant this church, and I'm going to make it culturally relevant, but they leave out the Spirit of God. And so then it becomes just a club with a, a Bible that gets left gathering dust. Right. And if Paul was up for that, he would have continued on going to where the Holy Spirit wouldn't allow him, right? 
So when he we, we don't know what that looked like, but whenever the Holy Spirit stopped him, Hold he up. knew yeah. he knew to stop and and to turn uh, turn another way. But to bring this to an end on on this with Paul uh, and to shift it from just the mission part and to say what this has to do about church planning, church planners also have they have to be missionaries. They have to be missionaries with this mindset um, that Paul had. Uh, Paul wasn't just on some type of mission trip everywhere that Paul went. He had that missional mindset, yes, but he was starting these little congregations by speaking, like on Mars Hill when he had that little congregation of people. He was starting these pockets of congregations, and that's what started these churches. And I'm not saying that he started specific churches in all 50 cities, but they're uh, doing research. There's a lot of people that seem to think there's at least 20 churches that Paul started by having these uh, conversations and, and gospel-centered um, you know, focuses on his mission trips. So that's awesome. I love the fact that he slow walked through the city, you know, so that Athens uh, example is just him literally on his two feet, which didn't have a lot of motor transportation back then, right? But literally just walking slowly and watching and learning. And, uh, you know, when we preach a passage of Scripture, right, we exegete that passage of Scripture, right? So we unpack it verse by verse. We dig into it. We understand it. We have to do the same in our community when we go to seek to plant churches or go to seek to share the gospel. You know, just slow walking, waiting for the Holy Spirit to kind of give us some understanding uh, in it. That's kind of funny. One of my notes I have is uh, we've got to be sensitive to the people as we're planting churches. And this is true to establish churches too that really want to get engaged with their community. But especially with church planting, we've got to be sensitive to the people and their culture if we want to have an effective planting strategy that will set the new church plan up uh, to be able to share the gospel and for it to be able to thrive in that. Um, if We see and learn this stuff from Paul, but if we see and learn it and don't apply it, we've done nothing with it. That's right. That's right. So if you're sitting here today and you're drinking from a fire hose and wondering, all right, what's next? Uh, We've kind of laid out some ideas of what is church planting, but I want to encourage you, you know, to do the first thing, just pray. And maybe after you pray as a church family, maybe you can begin to give uh, to a gospel work. Maybe it's not a church plant that you specifically are sending, but it's just a church planter in a city that there is immense lostness or darkness. And then how about this third one? Finally, will you go? Um, so will you look for an opportunity to go and to send and to be part of church planting? And, and I'll be a little more specific on that prayer. Pray that God will give you a, a heart for his mission, that you won't be content to simply be a part of a church, but that you want to see the gospel of Jesus Christ spread and more churches form so that they can continue to spread the gospel. I think that about does it for us today. I want to encourage you, uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast, if you would subscribe and rate us, give us a rating and review. Uh, We celebrated last week 500 downloads for our podcast. Uh, That's awesome. Thank you, guys. So we're uh, dropping confetti from the ceiling. You cannot see it right now, but uh, we're excited about that. So subscribe, give us a rating, and give us a review, and tune in next time to The Harmony Perspective. Peace. Oh,